Welcome to episode 51 of the UK Sports Chat podcast. I'm Joe Williams and in today's episode I chat with Jamie McDonald aka Adventure Man. Jamie is a serial adventurer and fundraiser and his accomplishments include cycling from Bangkok to Gloucester, a static cycling world record, solo run across Canada, a solo run across America and a treadmill world record. Jamie won a Pride of Britain award in 2019 for fundraiser of the year. His new book, Adventure Man, Running America, A Glimmer of Hope, 5,500 miles across the USA, was published uh, in August and is available now. Jamie's story is quite amazing. I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoyed recording this with Jamie. As usual, give us your feedback on our social channels or via info at ukrunchat.co.uk. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week and see you on the next episode. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks for thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you? Yeah, good, Joe. I think I'm better than your schnotty nose, to be honest. Yes, yes, you are. So, we've, so for listeners, I've just told Jamie I've woke up this morning with a snotty nose. I don't feel unwell at all, but I do have my tissues here. I'm I'm waiting to hear it through my AirPods, like the big blowout. <laughs> I'm I promise I promise I will mute if I'm gonna if I'm gonna. Snot into the tissues. <laughs> oh. how, how are you then? You well? Yeah, good. I'm really glad that um, uh, my baby made it till six thirty this morning, sleeping wise. So um, I, I'm basically that's a lion for me. H- how old is your, is your little? She's one? eleven months old. And has she been sleeping? Is is this a first? It's been, it's been horrendous. I mean, oh, I, I mean, I, who said it's great to have babies? I just don't know who those people are because um, no, ours has not been sleeping. So it's been eleven months of sleep deprivation. Yeah, it's um, it's, 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 it's just luck of the draw. I've got three kids, and one one of them slept brilliantly from seven weeks, my eldest, and the other two. Oh. My, my daughter didn't sleep until she was like eight. <laughs> She'd be in oh, bed with you every night. So I, I think it's a, it's a, it's almost thumb in the air. Are you lucky that's, or that's not? That's great, Joe. Just just as I'm trying to search for hope that it's going to be over soon, you you drop the eight years old bomb. Look, yeah, yeah, that isn't that what that was a bomb. <laughs> Bless her. She sleeps now. She's fourteen. Oh, that's good. That's good. There's the hope. That's what I was needed. There you go, mate. <laughs> So your your new book's out, Adventure Man, Running America, A Glimmer of Hope, 5,500 Miles Across the USA. Before we dig into your challenges and, and your book, my, my, my first question, and I did mention this in the intro, that you um, that you take on these challenges as your alter ego, Adventure Man. But my question is, who designed and made your costume? Because I want one, and I'm sure there's lots of other people who'd want one as well. I mean, it's a it's a pretty amazing thing, isn't it? It's like every every child's dream to have their own superhero suit. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I ended up on on one of my adventures. I ran across uh, Canada wearing the Flash suit, one yeah. suit the whole time, and then um, BBC made a short documentary at the end of it. And the Flash suit was obviously a copyright problem. I was thinking I wasn't really thinking of your film, really, um, but. <laughs> Yeah. So in the end, I just thought, you know what, it's time. I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life, uh, adventures, that is. And so yeah. I thought, it's time for a new superhero. So I'd done a Facebook competition, and this little boy, uh, eight years old, Connor Redding, uh, he yeah. ended up designing this suit called Adventure Man. 
and the drawing like i mean it was an eight-year-old drawing it wasn't you know i'm sure connor would be okay with this for me to say it wasn't the best drawing but the yeah. colors and the design and it was just awesome so um so he was the winner and then uh, somebody who was following the journey through social media on that adventure saw the picture and then just off her own back got it professionally designed in canada as an adventure man suit and then sent it through the post and there it was um weirdly i'm called adventure man how cool is that though <laughs> that and for, and for connor as well how cool is that for connor so he's designed your 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 uh, costume that is wicked yeah um now this 5500 miles you already alluded to canada there then it, it, it obviously wasn't your first challenge you've racked up some mileage over the years where, where, where did this all start what was your your first adventure and your motivation um so about eight or nine years ago now i was saving up to put a deposit on a house and i went to sign the papers joe and then i just got this gut feeling in my stomach where i was like something's wrong i don't know if you ever get that gut feeling sometimes well yes yeah you can it's very instinctive isn't it yeah it was almost like the first time, though, when I was about, I, I must have been 24 years old, that I actually tuned into it. And then I, I thought, right, I've got to go with this feeling. So I pulled out of the house. And obviously the house people were really annoyed at me. And then I and then I went through this thought process, like, so what, what's this all about? Like, do I buy the house? You know, do I, what's this? So in the end, I started to kind of retrace my steps of my childhood. Yeah. So I used to have a, a rare spinal condition called shringomyelia so symptoms as a kid had epilepsy immune deficiency and yeah sometimes i couldn't move my legs so i spent most of my life in hospital as a kid yeah. and when i was about seven years old the doctor explained to me and my mum that i'd probably end up in a wheelchair uh, but when we left there my mum just said don't you dare listen to a word of that you're not going to end up in a wheelchair and then when we got home she put this piece of string across our garden said do you want to play tennis and yeah. i remember being like not really mum but i went out there and i started cracking the ball and i just got this like love for movement and i almost feel like that was like my first time of like feeling free almost and and i'm really glad to say that within that year all my symptoms gradually disappeared and i got my health back and i'm really lucky because i should have ended up in a wheelchair or even worse um, so, yeah, so I, I had a big, massive dream to be like the next big Roger Federer at 16. Yeah. And I was running lots at that time, you know, because you've got to be fit. Uh, yeah. But I, I did work it out in the end, Joe, that I was absolutely just crap at tennis. <laughs> but you loved it. Yeah, I mean, I loved I loved the movement. I mean, I love running, you know, just that. You just feel free. and. Um, yeah. So that all went to pot anyway, but but afterwards I still was craving that movement, and uh, so I, I I then began you know doing just a bit of running, not much though, not much at all, just yeah. but I just loved getting out for a couple miles here or there, yeah. and um so then yeah so instead of getting instead of getting the house, I started to um kind of think right well what could I do so I kind of went back to the hospital where. I spent most of my life and I, I saw the difference they were making to kids' lives there, the charity that supported our local children's hospital in Gloucester. Yeah. I just thought, bugger it. I heard about this guy once um, cycling around the world and uh, he was just a normal guy. And <laughs> you're not going to believe this, Net, uh, Joe, but his name was Joe. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe. And he was just a, 
<laughs> he was just a normal guy. And I thought, wow, well, if Joe can do something like that, then maybe I could too. So um, I ended up buying a bicycle for 50 quid out of the newspaper yeah. and then ended up flying out to Bangkok, Thailand to then cycle 14,000 miles uh, back to Gloucester Children's Hospital to kind of give back. Um, have I just offended Joe? Because I'm talking about cycling. No, no, not at all. All in endurance sports, there's lots of cyclists and triathletes on in, in the year. Uh, no, I mean, that's offensive, surely. When I'm running podcasts, I'm talking about cycling. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. It, just, what, what, I've got a comment on, on your mother, first of all. Wow. Your mum's another superhero. She's come home, set up your set up your piece of string across the garden and said, come on, we're playing tennis. She's another hero. Yeah, it's like she instinctively knew what was good for me, really. Yeah, yeah, that mother's instinct, brilliant, really good. Um, and t- sorry, just to go back to your childhood, then it was o- it was over that following twelve months that you actually that your health improved and you re- and you recovered. Yeah, yeah, and that's quick, isn't it? If, if you were... it was it was very quick, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think I think I, I don't know if I acknowledged it, but it it was thanks to um, the kind of children's hospitals as well, which is Great Ormond Street in London and Gloucester Children's Hospital, but. I don't know if it was the movement, you know, their support, maybe a bit of all of it. Um, but yeah. yeah, just really lucky. Yeah, it's amazing. They do amazing things at those hospitals and the hospices. Really amazing. And so, so you, you then, as a as a child, went on to play a lot. Was tennis your thing? Was it before you doing a little bit? Of yeah, running? I think it probably was. Yeah, you know, as a sport, as through my childhood, tennis was my thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. terrible at it though. Terrible. I've, uh, yeah, I'm. I used to like football and running things with my feet rather than with my hands. Not, not very good at those. So you, 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 are playing. Te- so what? Why the, why the shift when, you, when you think about um, going and and doing some kind of of challenge? Why the, why the shift away from tennis to picking up a fifty quid bike and. And why Bangkok as well? Yeah, well, I was tennis teaching at at the at the same school um, that I kind of went to, yeah. and I kept going into the geography class and looking at the maps. And I, do you ever look at just a world map? I enjoy, I enjoy. I'm a bit of a geek with these kind of things. I enjoy geography and just you know when when the kids are sat in the car and you're traveling on holiday, we'll, we'll do the capitals of such and such a country quiz that kind of thing so yeah, yeah i get it mm. it's amazing isn't it like and mm. I, I used to have like a, a globe next to my bed all the way through my childhood and so instead of sleeping i would just whirl the globe and just look around all the countries and i don't know when you're looking at a map it suddenly feels so accessible yeah and i had i had i, I thought you know what i if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do it proper. I'm going to go for a big one year adventure, you know, and I'm going to try and make it back to Gloucester. So I was just looking, I was looking at a map. I saw Bangkok and I saw these countries between it, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, Iran, Iraq, all these countries. I thought, wow, I wonder if I could pedal every single inch through those countries and whether it's possible. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of started it blindly, really. I mean, I never really pedaled before, and so I just kind of went for it and hoped for the best. Yeah, I love that you've you've not kind of like 
saved up and thought, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get the lightest bike I can with the best, <laughs> all the best kit on it that you've, you've, you've bought a 50 quid bike at the paper. Yeah. I mean, I don't think a new bike would last too long. I'm pretty sure it would be stolen quite quickly. It'd <laughs> yeah, just be like this cycling target, <laughs> wouldn't you? So I tell you what, Joe, no one wanted to rob me. I can assure you. I, I've done the whole thing in a pair of flip flops. And, uh, you know, short. I, I mean, I just, I didn't look, I didn't look robbable. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, if anything, people were kind of getting away from me because it probably looked like I'd probably rob them. <laughs> you robbed the bike. <laughs> what, what, so what, what distance was that? How far did you go? And it was Bangkok to Gloucester, you said, wasn't it? Bangkok to Gloucester, yeah, 14,000 miles. Wow. And that took you 12 months, did it? 12 yeah it did it took a whole 12 months and and i just i never knew what i was going to get into i remember um pedaling along the afghanistan border yeah and it was supposed to be a safe place in tajikistan in a place called korog and i woke up one morning i thought it was fireworks and i thought hang on my brain suddenly caught up with me i thought hang on, i'm i'm in a full-blown war zone here there's like gunshots explosions going off so, okay, of course, you know, naturally when you're in a war zone, you know, I'm thinking, right, we would run high. But I was doing um, videos at this point, And every time I'd done a video, someone would give a donation to the charity. So then I yeah. ended up grabbing the camera. And as I grabbed the camera, we turn it on. But, of course, it was still dark. It was like 5 a.m. in the morning. So yeah. I'm outside. I turn my camera on. It's got a flashing red light. So I'm waving this flashing red light in the middle of a war zone. Yeah. And so I was I was shot at and got the whole thing on film. Um and yeah, I was trapped with fifteen wow. other people for for about thirty hours. We were rationing on food, water, like everything, because we, we didn't know what was gonna happen and it just seemed to get worse and worse. But then somebody came and said there's a ceasefire for two hours, you need to get out, because uh, it's gonna get a whole lot worse. So then all together we joined forces to kind of make the decision to leave. Um, and I'm really glad to say we all made it out alive, but over 600 people in those 30 hours ended up dying. My goodness, that must have been frightening. Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely gets the adrenaline going. Yeah, <laughs> right. And th- th- these were people that y- you just happened to have. What we 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 camping then? I'm, I'm guessing. Or... So we were actually on in a, uh, a on a veranda of a hotel. So it was kind of like an outside type of hotel. Yeah. And yeah, it literally 15 strangers and we just all happened to be in there on a kind of slightly adventure, slight, well, most of them on like an adventure holiday type of thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, just, just scary time, scary time. Yeah. Did, did you make any, did you make any friends within those people there then? I imagine it, it, it you know, having not been in a situation like that, but that, something like that could bring people quite close quite quickly. Um, you know, is there anyone there you still speak to? Or? Yeah, there was an amazing couple uh, called Adam and Julie who I connected with, mm-hmm. and we decided to kind of leave together. And in that in that moment, uh, we we all we were all kind of leaving on the same route. Some people went left, some people went right, and. Obviously, when you're in the middle of a war zone, even though there was a ceasefire, they did say there was, you know, there was still gunshots going off. So it didn't really feel like a ceasefire. And all the women and children naturally come first, like they get protection and and so on. But there was this Canadian guy who was trapped in the, 
within you know those walls and even though we were rationing on food and water i spotted him with him and his wife and he ended up spotting he was gorging all his food i didn't bother to say anything to the group because i thought it's just going to spark a load of conflict and that's really not what we need yeah but he knew i was you know peed off at him i gave him the look yeah and i thought it was enough but on the way as we as we're trying to get out of this um war there was a a a, a mum and a baby and as they're as they're like you know gunning to get out a car pulls up and said look we've got spaces so naturally with the baby and the mum they've got to get in the car yeah and this canadian guy with his wife he jumps in the car and of course i've got this in back in my mind him gorging the food as well so my my chimp, like my yeah. anger, just—I mean, it, I, I erupted, and I started to grab him. I started to drag him out of the the, yeah. the car, and everyone's screaming, like, "Get off him! Get off! Don't just leave it! You're causing more harm than good." And I'm thinking, "You don't know what I know about this guy." Yeah. I said, "The wife and the baby needs to go in," and um, and Adam and Julie were there, and they they kept really calm, and they just said, "You know, just just let him go." Just and annoyingly, he. He actually got into the car and then left, and we we stayed with the mum and the baby. And, uh, and then five or ten minutes later, another car came and picked them up and and wished them away. And uh, and then I don't know, I really connected with Adam and Julie. You know, I just it's yeah. these moments that just literally bond you instantly. So we're we're then on 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 route to get out, and uh, we got about a mile out. We still was in the war zone territory, mm-hmm. and then I spotted him again, the Canadian and his wife, and there he was. Uh, they for whatever reason they got him they got him out of the car and he and he and he was still stuck in the he was still, still stuck in the war zone so um so yeah so then yeah Adam and Julia were beautiful souls and we ended up they were on a bike too on a shorter adventure but but we joined forces yeah. and um yeah yeah it's pretty beautiful yeah for so much terrible you know terrible situation that was kind of like friends for life yeah that's that's nice that's that's lovely it's it's amazing that um to hear about the canadian gentleman and how people's you know values and behaviors <laughs> happen in a situation like that um yeah it's um shocking really but yes like you say it's a a, a nice outcome with your friends there so what what did you I've got loads of other questions about different things, but this is really interesting. So, what did you do, and how did you feel once you were out of the out of that zone? Then, and was it literally just oh, well, that's over? Yeah, it was like right. Well, let's get home. Let's hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I, I, I've had enough of that. Let's make, yeah. let's make it back to Gloucester. <laughs> oh. So, what what was the what was the next challenge then? Because you've that you've done a lot, haven't you? Just name them. Yeah, but I don't. The next one again is cycling, and it's really offensive to be on a on a running podcast. It's so offensive. After that one, what was it? Go on. So I right, I tell you, just yeah, just abuse me after this podcast. Send me terrible messages about talking about cycling, and so I I then jumped on a static bike then to attempt a new world record, a new Guinness world record, and it was to pedal more than ten days. Um, non-stop and the guinness rules were pretty strict every hour you pedal you yeah. can accumulate a five minute break so you can imagine sleep is the most important part yes so if you pedal for 24 hours you can accumulate a two hour break and then 
and then you know 30 minutes to do your your number ones and twos and yes. then there's an hour and a half there to get a sleep cycle so the the world record holders before were all taking 20 minute cat naps by this amazing guy say look i think if you're going to make it through to 10 days you need more than just cat naps you need a good solid one and a half hour sleep cycles yeah so it's great let's do it so i pedal for 24 hours non-stop and, uh, and then managed to put my head down on the bed but it's just too much pressure joe yeah. you know you know i'm like led down and i'm knowing every second counts i'm like come on sleep. To sleep. Yeah. i just couldn't do it and so then i got back on the bike and then i pedaled for um another 40 more hours and then i was pretty exhausted and then i put my head down and, and managed to get a one and a half hour sleep cycle and i sustained that in the end for for eight days can you can you think of the worst possible pain joe after eight days of pedaling oh good grief you 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 your balls of your feet you must have, i mean you must you, yeah what's you must yeah have. Ball, uh, yeah ball, yeah the word balls is pretty good i mean that that one was <laughs> yeah but I'll tell you what was worse um my bum was it yeah my bum started to bleed blister become infected oh. and it got so infected that then obviously you can become sick and and if you get sick, that's definitely going to end the record. So they went and got some skin specialists in, some nurses to yeah. sort the problem out. And they came in and this nurse, she ended up coming behind me. And she pulled my pants down, Joe. Right? <laughs> thinking, what's she doing? <laughs> anyway, and then she then she takes a photo of my bum, right? Right. And then she holds up the photo so I see it. I'm thinking, okay. why, would, why would you do that to me? <laughs> And then she said with her other nurses, you know, she said, I'm so sorry, Jen, there's nothing we can do for your bum to heal. You need to get off that bike. And it's right. that moment, isn't it, where you're like, right. It's a bit like running, cycling, whatever. You just, uh, that's the moment where you got to push. So I did. I started to push harder. And the nurses actually came back and they said, Jen, I, you know, I think we've, um, we've, we've, we've got the answer. I said, what is it? Well, it was more like I was dribbling. What is it? Because I couldn't really speak at this point. And they said manuka honey. So I didn't know what it was. I don't know if you know what it is, but it's basically honey with an antibiotic in it. So the nurse, she came in and slapped that on my bum. Yeah. And uh, it managed to heal the infection within the space of eight hours. And I kept pedaling wow. for 12 days to get a Guinness World Record. Wow. Honey is, manuka honey is the answer. <laughs> it is. Sweet stuff. And it did, and so. Did you slap it on? Did you, was the nurse behind you with a with a camera slapping it I on? Mean, I mean, she was slapping it on. I mean, I touched it because I wanted to check: is this honey? Is she having a laugh? Mm-hmm. So I touched it. And of course, it was on my fingers. Yeah. Did yeah, you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, of course <laughs> not, Joe. What are you thinking? <laughs> well, you might have wanted the sugar energy at that point. <laughs> <laughs> wow. These old wives' tales, these things must have clearly worked then. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you did 12 days on there. So And, and next up was, when, when was this, sorry? How, how long so ago? So this was in 2013, I'd say. Yeah. And 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 then after that, I tell you what, my bum needed a holiday. So I, 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 I actually got myself a, a visa for, for Canada, of all places. Yeah, because uh, I thought I want to go out there, I want to explore it, be a backpacker, have some fun, you know, probably drink a few beers, yeah. and um, and then and then the children's hospital 
uh, invited me back to show me where all the donations went. Mm-hmm. And we ended call it a coincidence, Joe, but those two cycling challenges raised £20,000 and that was the same amount for the house that I didn't buy. Yeah. And when I got there, they ended up building a whole new school playroom, um, which blew me away. But then even more than that, when I went to leave, uh, there was a, a, a group of kids that had a sign and it was almost like the best gift that they could have ever given me because yeah. on the way out, the sign said, keep going, Jamie. Oh, wow. And wow. I got home and, and like a week went by or something and, and my visa for Canada came in. And I was kind of sat on my mum and dad's toilet and I thought, well, my visa's in. I'm, you know, and I thought, you know, as mad as this is, maybe I should keep going. Whatever this is, I didn't quite work out what it was I was doing. It just felt right. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I thought, right, bugger it. Let's scrap the bike. Let's make it more challenging. So I jumped off the toilet. I said, mum, dad, I'm going to run across Canada. And my mum just looked at me like, no, that's a really bad idea, Jamie. But then my dad, you know, he's you know he's done an Ironman and, you know, he's like my biggest fan. He just looks at me and he goes, that's exactly what you've got to be doing. Wow. So then yeah. all, all together, we, we put it into Google Run Across Canada. And then this guy came up and you, you may know who it is, you may not, but his name is Terry Fox. Yes, I have heard that name. I, yeah. yeah. He's, you know, in the 1980s, he ran across Canada with cancer and one leg and unfortunately yeah. he died at the halfway point. But today, in, as we were watching his short documentary, he'd raised, I think he's raised something like over $700 million for charity. Yeah, incredible. So, yeah, he's a proper superhero. And um, and so, yeah, when we all watched that, I was like, right, that's it, let's go. So I I never ran before properly. You know, I'd done, I'd done a few miles here or there. I, I liked running, but never really thought about long distances yeah. and um so then i just went for it you know I, I took my confidence that i built up through the cycling challenges and thought you know maybe i could run across the country so i i flew out and never really ran before and then just kind of went for it what was that like then i, I did it compare when you were i suppose going through the tough times running if you hadn't done that before compared to cycling is is it a different mental challenge or do you use the same kind of mental techniques if you like to get through it i mean running is definitely i mean we're all all the runners know this but it's definitely more challenging than cycling like physically i mean if it's more more of a toll physically than it than it is more emotionally and spiritually and mentally all of it um so it was a, definitely a big change. It was a bit of a shock. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing with a, well, I started off with a backpack. You can imagine how that, that went. Yeah. Two, two weeks in, I thought I'd broken my foot. I mean, so I had to get a bone scan and everything. And then this lovely Canadian who who took me in, he said, have you ever thought about a pram? I'm thinking a pram, why didn't I think of that? So changed to a pram, called him yeah. Caesar. He needed yeah. to be with me you know and and then and then we just hit the road me and caesar excellent so we we had um i i don't know if you've read her book rosie swell pope she i've heard of rosie yeah yeah my lady's a a big fan of her yeah so she also runs with she 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 pulls her 
um, oh, I forget what she called it, but she pulls she pulls her um, her home along her back. As, as yeah, she it's like a trailer. Back. It's almost like a trailer, yeah. isn't it? I've got a picture in my in my uh, head yeah. about it. Yeah, she's running. She's doing another huge one at the moment. I saw her coming down the side of a mountain yesterday on Twitter. <laughs> She's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah, she is, and that's a that's true inspiration, isn't it? And I don't want to say she's she's old. She's you know, but she's she's at this age where I think would I still be doing it at her age? Yes. You know, and I think wow. Well, I hope so. So it's really it's amazing inspiration. Yes, but she she was very she was very fond of of um of I forget what she named her you know, at home that she was pulling along her trailer. But she was extremely fond of it. So did you bond with your push chair that you were Oh doing? yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like my Wilson. Yes, yes. It was, yeah. yeah. I mean so much so he's still with me now. I mean he done he done a, the next adventure after that, which is then about my new book that's out. And he's actually in the garage now. Caesar, he's there. He's not looking good, I can assure you. Is he in need of a touch up? <laughs> oh, he's in a he's in a strong need of a lick of paint. <laughs> so, so Canada then? Did did you did you plan your route or how did you, did you wing it? How... Yeah, winged it really. Just kind of got going and thought I'd I'll follow Terry Fox's route because I'm thinking. Well, I'm sure he would have had a lot of people thinking about his route and making yeah. sure it was the right route. And um, it's interesting, actually, because then for most of the way, it felt like a, a, a headwind the whole time. I'm thinking, why would he pick this route? This is like the worst route because you've got a headwind the whole time. Yeah. And then, of course, when you're pushing Caesar, it's like really you feel the wind so much more. And then right towards the end of the run, I actually heard through the grapevine the reason why he ran from east to west um, was to finish in his hometown. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And where where did you finish up? So the the mission was to finish in Vancouver. So to start in Saint John's, Newfoundland, and then finish in Vancouver. Yeah. And that, how far was that one? Uh, that was five thousand miles. Goodness. Goodness. Yeah. Too too far. Yeah. But and 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 then did so did you finish then, or did you go straight on to America? What was the? Yeah, I did. I finished it. Yeah. I finished it and then thought, God, what's just happened? I thought that was that was a bit of a bonkers adventure. Got frostbite on my nose, lost the end of my nose. I thought, thanks very much. I, want, I wanted to ask about that. The the extremities in well, there's a couple of questions actually. I wanted to ask about wildlife as well. I I, I love on my days off, Jamie. I, love, I can just sit in front of Eden or Discovery Channel all day, and I'm intrigued as to what animal encounters people like yourself have had when when you've been out and about. But also, you must have. Yeah, temperature-wise, you must have hit some quite extremes doing these challenges. Yeah, yeah, hit the hit minus forty-five Celsius. Wow! I mean, it just turned into a like an Antarctic run, really, in the end. So, and I've you know, I've, I've never done anything like that before, but 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 made it, made it, got through it. Um, I was a mess. It was an absolute mess at the end. But then you you finish it. And I guess I then I wrote a book on that called Adventure Man. Anyone can be a superhero, so that has the cycling and challenges in there and the run across Canada. Yeah. And um, and you know once I wrote about that, it almost put it to bed. I'd processed it, and then I realised, oh, 
So this is my thing. Like, this is my mission. Yeah. And you mentioned about the Adventure Man suit. And that's when, I, you know, the Adventure Man got suit created then. And yeah. it was like, wow, as weird as this is, this is my purpose. So I kind of Canada, although Canada finished, I thought, you know what, like every adventure, you know, you start where you left off and, and, and everything's an adventure. So, so I literally started right up uh, near Seattle where, where I kind of, you know, finished my Canada run. And then that was my next adventure then on my new book, Adventure Man Running America. And that, that's one that I started, which was a five and a half thousand mile uh, run uh, from the West Coast to the East Coast. But I say, I say across, but it, I was, the mission was to hit as many children's hospitals as I could. Oh, and the okay. only way to do it was, was really running down the the kind of the, the West Coast and then going right down to Texas and all the way down to the bottom and then and then running up the East Coast and back up to um, a place called, I finished in a place called Gloucester, um, uh, which yeah. is... Was that intentional? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just Gloucester through and through. Yeah. <laughs> Don't so, judge me, will you? You're not judging me. No, no, I'm I'm a I'm a Shropshire boy. I'm a Shropshire boy. Got to be. Oh, I'll happily judge you being a Shropshire boy. <laughs> so what what was that moment like when you when you you know you, you realised that that was your purpose? If you think back to you know you were about to buy a house and you're like, no, this isn't this isn't me. And you 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 had covered a lot of mileage before you got to that point at the end of Canada where you've gone right. This is this is my purpose. What did that feel like? It, it, it's not it's a good question it's not like this overwhelming feeling or sensation mm-hmm. but you know when you open up your eyes in the morning mm-hmm. like, okay i'm like feeling motivated like i i gotta i gotta do what i do mm-hmm. so it's not a real big emotion that i'm feeling through that but it's just a. it's like ah i know why i wake up every single morning and yeah. You know, and I've got baby now, which is like a whole other kind of motivation to um, to kind of, you know, progress through life. But but, you know, I, I, I kind of just found my love of what I do. And I love the challenging. I mean, I love the pain of running. I love it all. I bring it all. I want the good, the bad, the ugly, all yeah. of it. Brilliant. It's um, America then, five and a half thousand miles in total. How many how many points did you stop? So you mentioned that you were you were wanting to meet up at was it children's hospitals, did you say? Yeah, it was about twenty in total. Okay. Twenty hospitals. And it's an adventure. So it's definitely not one of those like organized races where you must run one marathon every day or anything. So yeah. you know, I started off very slow and and built my mileage up uh, for for a few months, but then I kind of got to this place where I was incredibly physically strong and so then I started to then run a marathon pretty much every day yeah and I needed to you know because the fundraising side of things is is always a challenge because you're going to the hospitals and and it needs time and then you're doing the interviews and media and so on and social media wow I mean it's just all of it I mean it's like a full-time job around the running mm-hmm. um so I remember one one you know, at one hospital, because you're always looking for that motivation. You know, you're looking for anything you can to, to kind of get keep you going. Yeah. And there was this one one hospital and there was this little kid. And uh, Ben, his name was. And he said, he said, Jimmy said, um, 
So I just can't believe you're running five and a half thousand miles. He must have been nine years old, Joe, right? Yeah. And when I talk about with my mum about running five five and a half thousand miles, it just goes over her head, you know, and she's just, you know, she'll cut me off and say, Do you want a cup of tea? Because yeah. she just she just doesn't get it, right? And she'll go and smoke a cigarette. So so this little boy is like, is like wow, Joe, I just can't believe you're running all these miles. So as he's as he's showing all this interest in me, I'm thinking, wow, he really thinks I'm a superhero. No. Right, so I'm I'm getting filled up on the inside and he said What's it like to do this and what's it like to do that? I'm like, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And uh, and then towards the the end of the chat, you know, I'm I'm leaving now and I'm, you know, I'm feeling really good. I'm like, wow, you know, I feel really strong. I feel like I've made a difference to a kid's life. And he says, Jamie, so I've got one last question. And so I turned around and I said, anything, Ben. We're like, whatever you want, you just ask. Yeah. And he goes, when you get to the end of this run, are you going to then run back again? <laughs> what did you say? I just, I just dodged it as best as I could. <laughs> well, a child's mind is pure, isn't it? It's, a, it's a, it's a valid question. It's a valid question to him. Imagine if you've, I, I and I know that you've raised, you've raised, you know, a, a lot of money. And um, you know, you've already mentioned that you went to the one uh, before you set off for Canada, and that was part of your motivation. You actually saw what some of that money can do. But th- those visits, as well, it's not necessarily the money; it's the time that you've given them to those children and talking to them, and and you know, getting that getting that little boy to think like that about you know what's your next challenge. You've, you've potentially inspired so many of these kids as well to to do to potentially do their own adventures in the future. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Um, what, what was your what was your treadmill challenge like? Oh, yeah, the treadmill. I call it the treadmill. Yeah, lots of people do, don't they? Uh, yeah. So the the treadmill challenge was trying to cover the most amount of miles in seven days. Yeah, uh, that you could. So the the current record was at five hundred and seventeen miles. Yeah. So it worked out trying to do essentially twenty marathons distance wise within the seven days. Guinness rules were great. You could just get on and off as much as you could. But even though you know I've run across these countries, I'm really not a good runner. I, I just my gift is that I can keep going. I'm really yeah. slow, you know, but but I can keep going. So I kind of thought, right, well, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna give myself the best shot. Uh, kind of beating the distance then i will need to pretty much run as much as i can for 22 hours a day and then try and you know sleep for two hours maybe three hours but maximum and then the rest i just keep moving yeah. you know and then i worked out the time and the and the, the kind of speed you'd have to go at and but i i kind of thought right well if i'm going to have a go at this i thought the reality is if I if I do a hundred miles, if I do it slowly or do it really quickly, at the end of the hundred miles, I'm going to be absolutely buggered anyway. So yeah. I thought, right, well, let's go guns blazing. So I just absolutely <laughs> flew off for you know about kind of thirty forty hours uh, on the treadmill and just went for it. Couldn't even sleep from the first night. Couldn't even take my first hour on that. You know, first couple of hours, it just it was just too much pressure. So yeah. I just pretty much ran the whole time. I I got well ahead of the distance. And then it really kicked in, Joe, right? Then I thought, ah, 
I've really messed up here because then suddenly I just couldn't even walk. I was on the treadmill mm. and I, I could barely walk. I thought, I'm, I've, I'm done. I looked down and my ankles, they were like elephants, like the size of elephants. Oh. And where I went wrong is that I kind of assumed that running across America would be this, you know, like this way of, you know, strong running. But actually running on a treadmill just is completely different in the movement. Yeah. yeah. So my ankles felt that and and then yeah could barely walk and so i so no one knows this actually this was like this is something that i've never done before but i actually in my mind i gave up first time ever okay. i said i can't do this there's no way i can do it and uh, i didn't tell anyone it was like this dirty little secret yeah and uh, as time went on i just wanted to wait for a really good time to get off anyway that kind of good time just didn't come so yeah. i ended up going back to back to sleep got a couple of hours and then honestly, it's the worst thing ever getting after a couple of hours. You know what it's like when you seize up because yes. right? you stop. But this is like to a whole new excruciating level. So as I got out of bed, I'm literally screaming, like bellowing at the top of my voice just to get back on the treadmill. And I'm thinking, why am I even doing this? Because I'm getting off. I'm giving up. So what's the point of putting myself through this? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm like, I get going. I'm just like, right, I need to at least show people I'm trying. And then I'd done it, I, you know, I had volunteers and, and kind of officials all around. I said, right, but my dad was there. I said, dad, I'm getting off. And he goes... How far into it were you at this point? I think I was probably about 220 miles in or something. So I was probably two and a half, three days in. Yeah, so but the pace that I was going was yeah. impossible to break the record because it was just, I was a mess. Yeah. And, um, so I thought, there's no way I'm going to do it. So, you know, there was just no point. So I said to my dad, I said, right, dad. I said, I'm getting off. And he goes, no, you're not. Goes, no, no, dad, like I'm, I'm getting off. I said, look at the state of me. I've, I've buggered up this whole thing. So, and he said, Jamie, our support's been terrible. He said, we're going to have water on tap. We're going to get better food down you. We're going to, you know, and I said, dad. Food and water is not going to sort this out. And then he said, we're going to get ibuprofen. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, you're not listening to me. And he said, well, Jamie, he said, do you want to be open to my suggestions or do you want to give up? Oh, Dad, ruthless. Yeah. He had you. Yeah. So I said, go on then. Just do whatever you do. He said, should I get you a coffee? And obviously I never drank coffee on the challenge because I didn't want the tips. I said, yeah, get me a coffee. It doesn't matter now because I'm getting off anyway. So I'm there on the treadmill swigging coffee down. He yeah. goes off to get ibuprofen. And this amazing guy, James Forrester, is a professional rugby player. Right. He was a, one of the volunteers, right? Never met him, but he come in and, and then he says, right, what's going on, Jamie? So I start pouring my heart out of yeah. him saying about my angles. And then he starts telling me a story about how his knee and ankles was completely gone for years at rugby, but how he used to take these ibuprofens and it would just be the, you know, you know the absolute sweet spot. And so sure enough, you know, the, the ibuprofen came, but I'm, I'm in his story. I, I'm just so soaked into his story. Mm-hmm. But I looked down before I'd even on the ibuprofen, my legs are starting to move. Like they're starting to go again. Cool. And then the ibuprofen went, definitely helped, but and then off and running again. And it just, you know, it's another wave you get through. The power of storytelling. Yeah, incredible. Hey, um, 
ibuprofen that causes some controversy among some runners doesn't it ibuprofen (laughs) it works wow and 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 do you so how long did you do on the treadmill where did that so i i I got to well well, one of the most um ridiculous parts was i think i got to 400 miles i was having another dip and i thought i don't know if i'm going to get back out of this dip again i think i'm just going to crash and burn and uh and then suddenly I started to get these like uh, these rushes to my brain just out of nowhere, like big massive like rushes, like boom, like almost like adrenaline. And it was like shocked every 30 seconds it would like hit my brain. And it was really like putting me on edge. And then suddenly I started to look at everything and I saw colours, purples, greens, like everything just had like a tinge of a different colour to it. You were hallucinating. And then I started to well, I couldn't see things. It was just colours. So I definitely wasn't didn't see Elton John or anything like that. <laughs> but but I began to run and I've never felt like it in my life, um, Joe, but as a runner's experience, right? I yeah. started to run. Bear in mind I was over four hundred miles in. Yeah. And I started to run like a gazelle. I mean I, and I genuinely in this moment Wow. I believed I was the strongest runner on the planet, right? Yeah. Obviously, I know that's not true. But in that moment when I was running, I mean, I was just hammering it. And I, it was like, I, it's like I didn't even have to try one bit. All I was actually doing was moving each shoulder left and right. And the rest of my body just flowed. And... And I'm sure I could see all these colours, and but the, the feeling was just immense. And, you know, I was saying to the support team at this time, I said, should I be slowing down and saving my energy? Or, you know, and I think they were just looking at me like, just roll with it. And I was like, cool, let's just roll with it. And I just went and went for hours upon hours like this. And uh, and then it made, I, I managed to make it through the night. And I... I all I remember for during that night is darkness and those colours and then a voice in my head or, or from somebody who was supporting saying, keep up, hurry up, hurry up, because I kept falling, kept getting close to falling off the treadmill. And then and then it just went black. I just don't even remember it then. And then I opened my eyes mm-hmm. and I said to the therapist, like, where am I? You know, I just opened my eyes. She said, you're on the treadmill challenge, Jamie. I was like, right. Um, and she said, you're doing really well. And I said, what happened last night? She said, well, you become unconscious. Like you were still on the treadmill, but you couldn't speak. Um, but we just kept you going. And then and then we put you to bed. And, but apparently I couldn't speak. I, for me, I, I blacked out. So I don't remember the experience. And um, But I opened my eyes and sure enough, the colors were still there. And I managed to get back on the treadmill. And then I, I pushed it and made it to um, 524 miles in the end. That's incredible. And you, I'm I'm fascinated with this. You, you you've reached like a subconscious, a subconscious level of running. Then, if you're unconscious and you were, you were going through that, it's like a like a higher level, like your higher purpose that you were describing. That's wow. <laughs> well, I mean, you can, yeah, people can take, I guess, what they want from the story, but the story continues because when it finished, I then was in such a bad way, I I I couldn't breathe properly, and I got I got rushed oh. into hospital. And I lost half my red blood cells and also lost a whole other load of stuff as well. It was just halved, which, yeah. which shouldn't be halved. And um, 
so I was led in hospital and I mean I couldn't move I mean I was I was out and uh, I was in a heck of a lot of pain mm. and the doctor actually you know she's saying well how was it and of course I, I shared about that day about seeing all the colors yeah and she said god that's really interesting you say that she said there was a study made where people in there they're kind of kept as prisoners on camps in these you know like middle of nowhere places where they're starved and they're you know they've got no water they yeah. end up getting to this place where they're so close to um dying that then the body shoots off all these wonderful adrenaline and all these different chemicals which is the colors uh, that they end up seeing uh, as almost like one last ditch effort to kind of keep you alive goodness how, how do you process that thing? Because I mean, when you first came on, you said, I'm going to do adventures for the rest of my life. It clearly, getting to that point then doesn't put you off at all. <laughs> well, I can assure you, you won't ever, you won't ever catch me on a treadmill ever again. Okay, no, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why would you go on a treadmill anyway? I mean, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Much better on the road or on a trail. Yes. I've, one last question T tell us about your superhero foundation so yeah i've I, I founded a charity that i volunteer my time with uh called superhero foundation yeah and it's a charity where we help sick kids so we we helped a dad uh climb up and down our local hill uh in gloucester mm -hmm. uh, until he reached the equivalent of mount everest and we managed to raise twenty thousand pounds for his daughter for an operation in america to kind of keep her pain free and keep her walking because she's got cerebral palsy yeah. so we've helped a lot of families in this way and then we're about to have a new initiative um with setting up and creating a uh, volunteers supporting sick kids and their families as well uh, in hospital and at home so yeah i'm really lucky i'm i'm so lucky i get i get paid to do motivational speaking and, and keynote speeches which pays really, really well. Um, and so I, that's how I make my living. And then I, I give time to the charity. And then, and then it's nice. What you said is I get to meet the kids that we support and help. So yeah. I get topped up on the inside. Yeah, good. good. That's, that's brilliant. Um, now, I, I, one last point for our listeners. I don't know if they know this, but you mentioned that you had your, your first child when we first started speaking. He's uh, slept for half six this morning for you. But you I, I, for those who don't know, your your partner's also an adventurer, isn't she, Anna? Yeah. So my my partner Anna McNuff, she's yeah. got she's got loads of books out. She's a much better writer than me. Actually, I'd probably say she's better by her book over mine. Really, she's a much better <laughs> author. And, but her her last adventure, I mean, she makes me feel like a wussy to be honest, Joe. Because her last adventure was running a hundred marathons. She's the girl guiding ambassador through yeah. Britain, and she done a hundred marathons. She's thinking, yeah, that's pretty, pretty big. But she's done the entire thing completely and utterly barefoot. Yes, I remember. Yeah, I remember. no shoes, no socks. Yeah. So yeah, so now, so we we we've been together for six or seven years now. So I found Anna. She's the love of my life. We've got our first baby called Storm. She's our adventure baby. Yeah. Um, and I, I've got to say it. I think I would rather run on a treadmill for seven days than uh, help grow, help to grow up a human. I mean, it is brutal, isn't it? 
that's an interesting point then. So how how has with with parents like yourselves, how have, what are your conversations like around adventures now that you that your parents have they have they changed at all? Or will they remain the same? Are you are you planning you're planning pushchair adventures or what, yeah, that? I mean we're we're adventurers at heart, so we we'll always yeah. do it. But she is only eleven months, so yeah. we've just got to the place now where we're like, oh, okay, I think we can take her on a little adventure. She's ready. Um, so yeah, but but we honestly, it's just been survival. Like anyone <laughs> that has a pet, anyone that has a baby, I mean. If you if you want to know what it's like to run across Canada, run across America, just have a baby. It's even worse, more challenging, more painful. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, ours don't sleep, so we, that was the, you know, at least on the seven day challenge, it was just seven days of sleep deprivation. We've just done nine months. I mean, yeah, yeah it's tough, isn't it? It it is it is tough, but very rewarding. And it is, yeah. All those beautiful things, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I hope that I hope that storm continues to sleep through until six thirty in the morning from for you from now on, like she did this morning. That was very good of her. Yeah, that was and, annoying. Uh, uh, I, I assume your your books in all good bookshops and local bookshops and online and. Yeah, I think I think COVID's had a bit of a challenge by getting the book into uh, the kind of. Uh, the, the bookstores, I think there's a bit of a delay lagging. They will be there eventually, uh, but I would say probably the best way to get it instantly would be Amazon. Uh, so that's Adventure Man Running America. Um, or my first book, which is Adventure Man, uh, Anyone Can Be a Superhero. Or you could buy two. You could do that. I mean, that would be pretty cool. Buy both. And Anna's. Anna's latest one as well. Get three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas reading. Um, and what what do you remind us of your social handles if people want to follow you and follow your adventures? Uh, so you can follow me at Adventure Man. Yeah. Uh, or if you just Google uh, Jamie McDonald, motivational speaker, uh, I'll pop up there too. Great. Jamie, thanks ever so much. I've really enjoyed chatting. It's been great. Yeah, you too, Joe. I've really enjoyed myself. Thank you. And you didn't schnot down the, the my AirPods once. I muted. I muted from the one. <laughs> Success. Cheers, Jamie. Cheers, Joe.